What's up, movie trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the only show that matters. Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown. The official episode of the movie trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilmore. You might know me by another name. You might know me as the boat. Oh my god, you're my three boat, for sure. You're a swagger, Brad. Brad Gilmore in this bitch. Oof. And I am joined by the Illa boy from Illinois, the man who supported those beautiful, beautiful Chicago White Sox who are going to the ALC home. They're going home. They're going to watch the ALCS from their television screens. His name is Frank Janish. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm feeling really good about those. You hate to see it. You really do. You really hate to see it. How does that make you feel? It sucks. <laughs> it you sucks. know, I think that if y'all didn't talk so much smack, we really wouldn't have spanked y'all at the end there as Who we did. Who was talking smack? Oh, your little pitcher friend. You know oh, who I'm because, talking about. Because, okay, okay. Well, I mean, look, it's it's someone, someone said, I saw someone say it that, um, you know, when you guys are cheaters in the past, um, it's hard to give, you know, confirmed cheaters benefit of the doubt all the time. And that's just a stigma that that's going to live with this team for for a little while, you know. And that's look, just that's just that's just reality. That's just the look, reality, man. Five ALCS appearances in a row, by the way, a WS title under it. And um, look, 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 Beyonce forgave Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit more involved there, but you know all right. Sure. She took lemons and she Wait. made. Am I so, are we supposed to forgive the Astros for cheating? Um, I think no. that if they were the only team that ever cheated in the history of baseball, then we should never forgive them. But that is not the case. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about like the franchise overall. I'm talking about that group of players that was involved in that. Like I'm not gonna be like their best friends or root for them. I'm I'm just gonna be, you know. And like, here's the th- here's the thing that always drives me crazy about it. They were a good team to begin with. Like, team, what are you great doing? Team. Great team. Super chat. Tim Sim with the five dollars. Hey, Brad. Our Strohs are doing it all right. You better go let go of La Russa as your skipper, Janish. Yeah. Well, we that's lost not gonna happen. Too. Yeah, I don't know why it's happening there. There right it goes. Now. That's weird. Uh, no, he's coming back, but um, that's you know that's all right. We're going to be talking about more than just the ALCS, trust me, on this edition of Inside Baseball. Um, what other, what other three-letter words or four-letter you know, acronyms are we talking about? Uh, well, we're going to talk about some other things. But right now, uh, Haskell420 says the ALCS, the AL Cheater Series. Uh, he's just mad that – I think he's a Yankees fan. <laughs> I don't know. Is he a Mets fan or a Yankees fan? I think he's a Yankee. I think I saw him with the Yankees hat okay. on. Okay. I think. I think right. I got to kick it with Haskell over the week uh, over last weekend. We'll talk about that here yep. in a moment. We're going to be talking about the Brooklyn breakdown, everything that went down live in the first movie trivia showdown event in what eighteen or so months. We're going to be talking about that. Also, what happened when we saw Damon versus Damon, my most anticipated match in quite some time in Star Wars. Yeah. And then, of course, teams tournament action continues. The old guard versus the press room. We're going to be breaking that down as well. Um. But let's start real quick. I, I teased something on Tuesday for the FCL, and I want to just address it up top, get it out of the way, yeah. So that um, let we, the people we can, know. 
we can make the people know. As many of you may know, going down on October the 26th, FCL Warfare will be going down for the first time. It's our version of the spectacular that's going on on October 26th. The Star Wars Championship will be defended by Mystical, or will be defended by J.C. Reifenberg against Mystical Brennan Marr in a five-round match. We just saw officially in a double retirement match, late to the parties, Robert Montano and Vanessa Fitzsimmons will be battling for the first time head-to-head in a double retirement match. Somebody walks out a winner, and somebody walks out of their trivia schmodown career what is with these, you know, in household civil wars going on? You know, we got, I mean, unreal. This, this upcoming Tuesday, breaking up Adams. families now. That's what we're, I guess, is that, we're, is that the business we're in now, Brad? Breaking okay. up families? You know, it's not, you know, <sighs> the family class league, you know, it's, it's, it's the first class league and it's warfare. And um, all is fair uh, in love and war. That's yes. Yeah. Yes. And this Tuesday, of course, Adams versus Adams uh, goes down the set of fanatics implosion. But um, some people were wondering, what. so what's going on with the FCL championship match? The Flirt and Klaus yeah. has kept that, that title hostage. He's kept it hostage, you know, thanks to slick Nick Harley. You know, um, he reminds he, me of a guy that would bang on garbage cans, too. Just to, I mean, just, if I can just Nick, put that Nick, out there. Nick Harley or Flaus? Flaus. Flaus. Not only would he bang on garbage cans, but he would also live in one. The only way that he would bang on garbage cans if he was making music like the Blue Man Group, right? Because <laughs> um, okay. he is an international pop superstar. However... I have consistently tried to get Zaflurton Flaus to agree to a championship match. He's been offered opponent after opponent after opponent. And finally, I got him to sign off on a match to be to defend his championship on October 26th at FCL Warfare. And um, here, look, look, guys, I'm about to reveal it. And I just want to say... If you want something done right, sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands. I I went to my consigliere, my consigliere, Mr. Booker T. Huffman. I asked him, what should I do? He said, let me think about it. I will come to you with a proposition. <laughs> he came to me last week with a proposition. Uh-huh. I, di- I didn't think that it was the right choice, really? but I thought it was the only choice. So on October huh. the 26th, 2021, Live on the Movie Trivia Schmodown Twitch channel, FCL Warfare, the main event for the FCL Championship, the Flirt and Flouse defends against the boat, <laughs> Brad Gilmore. I will be taking the Flirt and Flouse on oh one God. on one, all right? And I will have to restore the honor Come on. to the FCL Championship. Flouse, Gilmore, FCL Warfare, it goes down. Come it on. goes down on October the 26th. What is Frank, this, I don't, Flappers? Look, this ain't Flappers. This ain't the Comedy Store. What's going on here? What is look, this? I don't want to do it. Come on. This, this got to be a it. joke. Listen, though. The contract is signed. Oh. The contract is signed. Contract. One side reads the Flirt and Flouse. The other side reads Gilmore. And that's what's going down on October the 26th. I mean, you know, you run your ship how you want to run it. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how the right choice is only is the only choice somehow in this scenario. But whatever, whatever. Uh, I'm still going to tune in to see a horrible, spectacular uh, demise of both of you. I think I, I think you're both. Are, it's going to be you know, what's going to remind. It's probably going to be like that Harlov v. Merle match. Remember the spectacular two where it was just it was the score was like. 
seven to eight. You know, it's probably one of them type of matches. But, you know, hey, now, you do what you want to do over there. And, um, you know, all right, fine, fine. Look, man. Fine. Look, you man. just jumped look, the line. But okay. I don't uh, – when I say this in all sincerity, I do not want to do this. Well, then don't. I don't want to do it. I have to. Wait, no it's one wants to play match. this guy? No, right. no, no, no. It's not that no one wants to play him. He's been offered everybody. The gambit. He's been offered every single person who's in the top ten. He says no to them all. Why does no, he even get a no, say? No, no. It's in his boss? contract. It's in his contract. Uh, the, well, that, you know what? That yeah. contract has yeah. screwed me. It me. really has. It really has. Next time you, you, know, you put on those reading glasses. Going into season two, I definitely will – be able to uh, figure this out. You know, it's it's funny because you you and Harloff have like similar traits of not reading contracts. <laughs> it burned Harloff a couple years ago, a few years ago. And now it's burning you here. It's like I don't. It's like we're in like a parallel universe of sorts, and it's just coming back around. It's it's beautiful to see. It really is. Yes, absolutely. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Let me October twenty sixth again. Flowers versus Gilmore goes down. Um, Frank, talk about Brooklyn, man. Yeah, you were there, dude. I was there. I was there. I will say this, and this this is like some inside baseball, some funny things. I got an email. It was like, hey, this is the rundown for the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you and Ken Knapsack are going to host the pre-show. I didn't know it was going to be televised, by the way. That was news to me when the uh, when the episode dropped on YouTube. I had no idea that. Yeah, that it was, was only on up video. there for a little bit. It's not up there anymore, <laughs> actually. Oh, it's not? Not. It's not up there anymore. It was only for like, you know, those first, you know, those uh, day oneers, if you will. But I mean, yeah. it's kind of like day at this point but for like for the public day oneers you know yeah I, i'm not sure if it was supposed to be up there or not but anyway it was there for a moment it was um, there for a moment i still have it i have it oh you sent it to me because i want I a could... couple stills i need some okay. stills okay um but i want to talk about this so i, I thought it said call time 12 noon oh boy right? here we go Love so I, I got i got an early flight and i said there's no way i'm gonna be able to land and get to brooklyn in time so I like went already dressed, right? Yeah. Full suit on the plane, Woo. whole nine yards, and then I land and I get to the like a rush to the hotel. I'm <laughs> huffing and puffing and panting, yeah. and then um, I see JP who helps run the live events for the movie trivia showdown, and he was like, "Hey, you're already dressed." I was like, "Yeah, you know uh, what time do when you get to the venue? Noon, right?" And he's like, "No, I think call time for you is like six. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, Maybe that's kind of crew time was noon. <laughs> I think I think crew time was actually." Too, but I still got that wrong. So I don't know what he see. I read emails about as good as I read contracts. You know (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we get there. It's a it's an awesome venue, the roulette. We've been there before. Frank and I, we donned that stage before. And then um uh go up there for the pre-show. It was there, look, there was a lot of excitement backstage. I will say this. Coy Jandrew, ball of excitement, as always. It was fun. Um, we had, and we'll talk about no, that. Oh, we're going to talk about it, Brad. We'll talk about it. Okay. Because let me we'll tell talk. you, when I saw what happened, well, at first I read it on, on Reddit. I read it on Reddit and, um, I'm not happy, but go on. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. And I'll tell you what exactly happened. Okay. Sure. So anyway, uh, a lot of excitement in the back. It was it was cool. It was a little schmo reunion. PLD was there. PJ Campbell was there. People you didn't see on screen, but they were in attendance. I got to see our favorite person. Oh, Mamacita. Oh, hey. Chris Clark was in the building. Chris Clark was in the building and uh, several other people. So it was, it was real fun to do that. And then let me get to this pre-show, and then we'll get over it. There was some sort of uh, controversy, 
right? Super Chat. I'm not going to say who. But beforehand, I was told you need to give out a shirt and a poster, okay? And I'm not trying to deflect responsibility. I'm going to only state factual information. Here. Oh, Lord. And somebody who's a part of the crew said you should ask them, name the six people Marisol beat this year. That's what I was told, okay? And I said, all right, let's name those six people. <laughs> Me and this person went through it, and there was, mm-hmm. there's two or three other people around. And I, and I had six names. And I want you to text out. me this person's name, just, just so the audience can see my reaction to the name. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. okay. Just give me one sorry, second. Sorry, audio listeners. You're going to have to tune look, into the video look, side. This, this was written Saturday, right, in my notes. Um, this is what I had with the names, right? It says body, uh, body. Bonnie, Janine, Video Drew, Kevin Smith, and Ethan Irwin. Okay. Oh, you're, well, you're missing Vinny. Oh, and Vinny. It says Vinny. Okay. <laughs> right. It says right. it says Vine, but it's, oh my it says God. Vinny. What's wrong with your phone? So this is what I wrote. This is what I wrote. Okay. These were okay. the names that I was told, and that's six names. Okay. And they said they have to name all of them, right? Or no dice. Yeah. That's what I was told. That's what I went out there and did. So what's the controversy here? You you can't even fact check. I think you can't even fact check. Oh, let me text you the name. Yeah, text, text me the name because I swear to God, I'm gonna lose. I. <laughs> all right, I have not. Are they just, all right, let me see. Here. Yeah, I sent it. <laughs> His camera went off. He's so mad. You know. Okay, look. I will look, say look, this person has a lot on their plate. We all have a lot on our plate. And, that's and you know, this, 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 was, this was a few minutes before we went out there. And so my apologies to Miss Nikki. Yeah. But. I went out there with the information that I had. <laughs> and you know, this this and I can say this with utmost confidence. This would have never happened if I was there. I, I agree. Never. I, agree. I would have been like, what? And then, anyway. you know, yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. That wasn't the main point. Let's talk about so the how you gonna rectify this situation now, Brad. That's Look, that's what the people want to know. Okay, you know what? I will tell them. I will tell them. Guess what? Showing up any day now. Look, I don't have access to any T-shirts. I'll be honest with you. I have no access to T-shirts. Do you have access to the internet? I have access to the internet. There you go. However, I can only offer this to Nikki if she's listening or watching. She's, oh, she's in the chat. Oh, Nikki, hello. Wherever you are, thank you. In the chat. In the chat, thank you. Um, I did announce this on, on Twitter and on, uh, the, on Saturday. Uh, December 2nd. The expanded edition of Back from the Future, a celebration, a celebration of the greatest time travel story ever told with a brand new chapter. I will send Egg Lord Nikki the very first copy of the new version of the book, oh, signed wow. and autographed, as well as an FCL t-shirt. That's what I can offer. Not even offer an MTS t-shirt, a discounted t-shirt. FCL. That's all I can offer. That's all I can offer. <laughs> Nikki is here. Super chat. And now you owe her five dollars because she not she should not have to pay for this. No, KFA besides not a huge deal, and the event was a blast. I enjoyed going up anyway. My wonderful boyfriend Pat bought me a shirt. She has a shirt anyway. All right, okay. so you got a re- <laughs> you got a reimburser for this five dollars super chat and reimburse the boyfriend. Okay. That I mean, you got a look, lot of you know. Look, look, look. You can't send everyone a Guess book. What? Guess what? Check is in the mail. Check is in the mail. <laughs> Um, oh, but let's boy. talk about the event. Josh Horowitz, Griffey Nooms. Yeah. Oh, right, because before we get to that, how w- w- you watch it as a viewer? 
Again. How was the viewer experience? You know, there is – look, I think everyone's talked about it on the comments or on Reddit. Uh, a few hiccups, you know. Um, and that's – it was really nothing in the end uh, compared to what the overall event did deliver. And I thought while the first match didn't quite go the way I think a lot of people thought it was going to Ooh, go. Yeah. Um, the championship match certainly delivered. The theatrics certainly delivered. You know, we'll, we'll talk about – you know, you know, we saw Grace. We saw, you know, some. I, I'm not going to call it straight up infighting, but there was some inner corruption turmoil for sure. Uh, something to be. Um, uh, there's some struggle within. Struggle within, and, and you can see Shannon trying to balance out between Marisol and Chance. So that was interesting to watch. And then obviously at the end, there we got a we got a we got a Chandru sighting. Very, very interesting. That's something we got to dive into. It's just incredible stuff. Um, look, Chandru is now, I think, when we get to that, we'll get to that. I don't want to talk about it right now. But overall, the viewing experience I thought was done really well. I thought it looked great. It really looked great, uh, pristine. Um, and I thought it was well executed for the most part. I mean, this wasn't, you know, if on a, on a, on a report card, you know, I gave it a B plus for sure. Um, but uh, I thought I give it an A plus plus. Well, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it here. There were some audio issues, right? And so I can't for that but, reason. But but, but, but other than that, like everyone worked their butts off. I know that. But let, hey. let me tell you this though. Let me tell you this, and 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 that is not on the crew at all. Those microphones, even in the building, for people who were there, they were cutting out. They, these were venue owned microphones. There was I some see. sort of issue with it. There was just some sort of short in it. If you, I'm seriously. If you held it like this way, it worked. If you held it this way, it wouldn't work. All right, was, I'll give him an was, A minus. I'll give him an A minus. Thank you. All right, thank you. So it was it wasn't anything that they could do. Um, I gotcha. And, and that, unfortunately, sometimes that stuff happens. Yeah, but yeah. even in the building, I because y'all didn't see it in in the pre show cut on YouTube. But even when I went out there, I had to like pick up two different microphones to try to figure out which one would stay consistently working. So it's one of those things that happens. It's not really a big deal, but it looked great. Uh, in inside the venue, it looked great when I got to rewatch it on YouTube. And let's talk about this first match because I was going up and down, up and down New York City streets, talking to different people, including Coy John Drew, including Shannon Barney, and chief amongst them, Mr. Christian Harloff. And we were all talking about this first match almost more than anything because we thought it was so unpredictable. Uh, Griffey Nooms versus Josh Horowitz. People were coming up. It was, it was the talk backstage, and I was like, I don't know, man. This is like a coin flip. This is a coin flip in my in, in my opinion. Now, you said on this show last week, Griffey Nooms. I said Josh Horowitz, and I will say that Griffey Nooms was superbly impressive. Now, let's look at the stats of the match here. Josh Horowitz goes 0 for 3, I believe, in his first three questions yeah. uh, in round one. Then, though, at the end of that round, cuts it to just a one-point lead for Griffey News. Sure. So he was back in it. before. At first, I thought he was completely out of it. He got back in it. And, dude, he got a round two category called opponent's choice. Yeah. And then went against Griffey Nooms, who was wearing a Pixar jacket. Well, he changed into that. He did. Which is phenomenal. I've, I don't think we've ever had uh, a wardrobe change during the middle of a match. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a that was a first, but this happened just to be really a, a poor 
series of series of unfortunate events for Mr. Josh Horowitz, especially spinning opponents getting Pixar. He had to check down to multiple. He went for a big swing at one point just to try to make up the point differential. Lost on that one. There was just some you know, obviously Pixar is a blind spot. He got knocked out. Definitely not what you want. No. Um, because he was on a war path. I know he took the loss hard. And um, I, I, I did talk to Josh Horowitz after the show and I, or after his match. I said, look, man, everyone loses. Everyone loses. Even the best of all time get knocked out. Yeah. Right? Even the best of all time get knocked out. So, you know, don't, don't hang your head too bad. But the first, first uh, loss probably stings the most. Yeah, especially in that type of venue, you know, an event that's been hyped up for the past couple of months, really. And they're both 3-0, and both these competitors. Horowitz and Newman are both 3-0 and and having great, great years. Obviously, Josh Horowitz with Press Room still having impressive showings there, as we saw today. Uh, but Griffin, Griffin Nooms, man, he, he was coming into this. I told you, he's a guy that I thought looked at the finer points of the Schmodown, really looks at the strategy of the game, and yeah. wouldn't you know it, he really did his homework on Horowitz this match because he got an opportunity to execute the ultimate move on Horowitz that if he got a punch choice, he knew he was going to give him Pixar because Griff- Griffey Newman makes a great point in that post-match interview that a lot of people don't necessarily take animated in general as serious as non-animated movies. And he's like, if if given the opportunity, he's going to hand him Pixar, and he did, and that is – Obviously, a strength uh, of Griffey Nooms there, and by Griffey Nooms knowing where to go for Josh Horowitz if that opportunity presented itself, that tells you that he studies this game. He studies uh, his opponents. Uh, I think that also tells you that he's got a good, you know, structure there in the Finstock Exchange to help him out. You know, like hey, this yeah. is the weaker points of your opponent. If we get opportunity, here's where you should go with that. And he executed, and it, it worked out because it was he was able to steal five points off of off of Josh Horowitz, which insane. is just massive, um, insane blows to to Horowitz, especially starting Rocky, you know, zero and three, and then only being down one point. It was still anyone's match at that point. You know, Griffey Newman's gonna go perfect in the first round, and then to just get stolen on your first two questions and kind of eke out a multiple choice question and then get stolen on again for another two points. Just devastating blow after blow for, for Horowitz. And, you know, I, I feel for him, especially in that moment when he goes, I just want to go home. <laughs> you know, it was know. just well, just a brutal, brutal sequence of events for him in, in this match. First round, second round. Couldn't even get out of that round, which is, which is I think, tough to swallow. I think... That's the one thing that I think players don't ever want to find themselves on the end of is a KO, a knockout in the second round. It sucks. You get to the third round and you get TKO'd, and yeah, okay, fine. You know, tons of people get TKO'd. Knockout, very, very rare. Very, very rare to happen in a tournament match, no less. A round two tournament match, that just doesn't really happen. Um, when it does, though, for those players, it definitely stings, and that's not the kind of taste you want to leave in people's mouths when it's like your last match of the year in the singles division. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not something that you want to, you want to do for your last match and it being around two. Josh Horowitz has been a big touted, well-touted rookie, I should say. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just happened. It happened. And it sucked. let's talk about real quick, the aftermath of the match. 
Paige for Betty coming the boy Paige for Betty the Boston badass coming from out of obscurity to confront Sir Griffey Noom and uh, they are going to be battling one another in the next round uh, Paige for Betty fresh off of her win against Ben the Boss Bateman in the yeah. tournament both uh, I'd say Griffey Nooms and Paige coming off huge wins perhaps maybe the biggest wins of their Schmodown careers thus far how do you think that any and this was what was funny too after uh before the championship match i was down in the little green room no one else was down there and then uh griffey nooms comes down he and i start talking a little bit about you know his match and you know his play this year so far and then wandered down in the green room page for betty and it was the three of us talking and i was like i was like hey guys boy, hold on here let's not come to blows <laughs> right, let's not come to blows uh, but it was a it was an interesting energy between the two of them. I'm looking forward to them playing. Paige has been somebody who's been one of my favorites this season, and I think really has encapsulated what it means to be a movie trivia showdown player. And if you listen to her faction mates, has really been the lifeblood of the Usual Suspects in a lot of different ways. Griffey Nooms has is a total package guy. He's a total yeah. package guy. So how do you see this match in the next round playing out between Paige and Griffey Nooms? It's real interesting that um, it's gonna be a real interesting match for sure. But I also think Griffey Nooms is gonna is gonna pull out the W, and it's for things that I've, I've said weeks ago. What he demonstrated in this in this match against Horowitz, and look, I'll be honest, as well as Paige has played, and she's played great, and she's really stepped up to the plate this time uh, or this year for the suspects in all aspects, and. Griffey Nooms is going to find a weakness of Paige for Betty and and exploit it if he can, if he gets that opportunity. I'm curious how Paige is going to uh, approach Griffey Nooms. Obviously, I think it would do well for her to approach him with great respect and 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 not take him lightly. I don't think she would, first of all, but I think it, it needs to be reiterated that this guy, Griffey Nooms, is well informed in all areas of film, including animated. Um, I think there's nothing that Griffey Nooms is afraid of that Paige, you know, might be confident in. And so I, I think this is, I think it's a bad matchup for Paige. I really do. I know Paige beat Bateman, but Paige made some mistakes there. And I think if. If it's anyone else that that has a shorter time in the league and and has more of a fire, more of a desire to win right off the bat, not saying that Bateman doesn't, but I think there's there's something to it when a player has been playing for as long as he has, where he's done things, he's been to the mountaintop, and he's trying to accomplish other goals. But I think there's there's some sort of you know you can kind of rest in your laurels from time to time, not just not not through any fault of your own, just kind of you've been doing this for a long time and maybe get a little bit lackadaisical. And, and also, like, his his year in terms of teams hasn't gone exactly sure. in the direction that he wants to go. And and that was really his main focus was trying to get that title. And obviously he would love to get the singles title back again. But I think there's a, there's a difference between young players like Newman who come into this league with a fire and a desire to go straight to the top. And there's a different... While there is a fire in players like Bayman, it's it burns at a different intensity. It burns in a different type of per, uh, different type of furnace, if you will. He's seen it all and he's done it all. 
Griffin Nooms, I mean, he's charging full steam ahead, just like Paige was in that match. And she didn't get have any le- and Bayman had way more to lose in that match than Paige did, right? If Paige lost, well, well, she lost to a singles champion. She's a rookie. Okay. But Paige coming into this match, I, I don't know that either have much to lose in the match, but I think Paige sees this as, you know, rookie v. rookie, going for rookie of the year, all these other type of accolades. Who's the top rookie this year? Who's more entertaining? Who's more theatrical? Who can deliver not only the trivia prowess, but, you know, the the, the chops of, of performance in the Schmodown, which it, which it is known for now. And Griffey Nooms, this dude is just, you know, he's that he's in that next wave of players that's really going to make a splash here and, and make a mark. And he and he did it starting in Brooklyn by that emphatic win over Horowitz. I think Griffey Nooms is going to take this W. And I do think I, mean, I think I saw I don't know if you the super chat here by Tim Sim. Super chat. Nims versus Rabetti in the quarters for a potential lock in nomination for rookie of the year. Who you got? Woo. Look, a couple weeks ago, a week ago, whatever it was, I tweeted out a question. It was just a question, Brad. A question. And I said, I think, think. Griffey Nooms is gonna mm-hmm. be rookie of the year, question mark. And boy, let me tell you. People were like, "Hey, uh, what about what about Thomas Harper? He, does he he has a belt? Does Griffin Nooms have a belt?" And I was like, "No." I was just I was like pondering. You're thinking about it. I was thinking about it, and people I think got offended by it. I had people tweeting you know at me and in the DMs about like oh, you're disrespecting Thomas Harper. You know he has a belt, and I'm like I'm over here thinking, I think he might do it, and I think he might I think he could win the tournament. I think he could win the singles title. And I'm I'm asking the question. I'm not question. declaring. It's a question. I'm not declaring he is the rookie of the year, but I think he can do it. And simple question. The the win over Horowitz, the theatrics, all of that. And uh-huh. and, and I'll be honest, like be honest. if Griffey Nooms doesn't even have a a singles belt or a team's belt, and Thomas Harper does go undefeated and re, and, and defends that spectacular, I will tell you. Depending on what happens in the team's tournament and how far Griffey Nooms, if he advances past Page, I think he's got to advance past Page first of all. Yes. And if he does that, he's into the semifinals. I, I honestly, I depending on what happens in teams, I still might give him the nod over an undefeated Thomas Harper with the with the Star Wars belt. And and here's why. I'd like to hear this reasoning. There's when when you play in two different divisions. Even though singles and teams, question-wise, are somewhat similar, but when you play in two different divisions, you open yourself up. You're more liable for a loss, right? There's more instances in which you can lose. Star Wars cutthroat division, absolutely. I mean, we got people in that division with 88% career rates, and they're like one in four. Like that's ridiculous. But it's one such. Like I hate to break it down that way. This this is my opinion. My opinion. All right, and. Griffey Nooms, to me, is a more entertaining individual of all the rookies. He might be the most entertaining rookie this year. And when you put together that and his singles run, a potential teams run, what he did in free-for-all, what he the impact he's had this year on the league overall... I might still I might still lean that way. But we'll see. 
I mean, he still has work to do. Yeah. First off, Thomas Harper was in Brooklyn, and he literally carried the championship with him everywhere that he went. Um, we get it. We know he's includes, champion. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that includes. And this isn't any shade at Thomas Harper, right? I, I still love him, but people have preferences. At the end of the day, look. He carried that title everywhere. I, I really appreciate his dedication to making sure everyone knew who he, who he was and what he represented. Also, deceptively tall gentleman. You ever met Thomas Harper in person? No, I have not. I've seen I've seen photographic evidence to display height disparities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's tall. He's I mean, he's even taller than I am. He's got to be like six two. All right, you right? Give him the tallest tall... rookie of the year award. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he's tall. Also, deceptively tall. Laura Kelly. I've I've met Laura Kelly in person before. I knew she was tall. Yeah. Yeah, deceptively tall. Um, I hear what you're saying about Griffey Nooms. I became a big Griffey Nooms fan over the weekend. I think that he's, again, the total package. Again, as a head versus heart thing. My head says Griffey Nooms. My heart says the Boston badass Paige for Betty will get the job done. She was the underdog against Ben the Boss Bateman, and she shocked and amazed before. I think she can do it again. Um, we also have another super chat here. Super chat. Dagan. Brad, great hanging out with you in New York and watching that Fury Wilder fight oh. after the event on Saturday. What a weekend. Wow. People, if y'all were at whatever pub or establishment we were at watching the fight, they saw me get way too into something that was on television. <laughs> like I was standing up, I was running around, I was yelling at the TV. Um, I, I do apologize. You had money on the fight or what? You know I mean? didn't have money in the fight, but I just was so in. Like, I was all the way in. Yeah. And uh, it was an exhilarating heavyweight bout. And Tyson Fury walked out the undisputed champion of the world, which leads us to our next match. But before we get there, what did you think about this Grace Hancock business? Yeah. This this ties into a whole corruption conversation um, that I think, you know, we should we should get into. But, like, very briefly with Grace thing – uh, surprised, for sure, to see her show up here, if only because, you know, I think the last, you know, scene that we've seen uh, was a collision between Christian and Shannon, right, uh, with Jay as well in there, and, and there's some other stuff there, but uh, as we know, that some of the storyline has taken a backseat in the latter half of this year, and uh, so it was a, a surprise to me to see this come back into the fold. And so I'm curious what's going to happen here because she said some stuff about Chance and Shannon and, and, and corruption and all that stuff. So um, very interesting, but uh, it was it was a pleasant surprise. I know it wasn't for Christian, um, but I I like that you know we took advantage. Shmoda took advantage of this of this stage, this venue, and, and uh, delivered a little nugget of. Some potential things to come. Yes. Um, I enjoyed this. I watched it from the side of the stage. I got to see Grace in person and do what she does. Let me ask you this. Do you think that we're seeing a corrupted corruption? Is that possible? Is corruption corrupting? I certainly think, you know, when you look at the back and forth between Chance and Marisol on Twitter, Shannon having to step in, you know, Grace stuff, the post match stuff with Chance and Marisol and Shannon. There's and then other things I've been hearing uh, beyond all this stuff. 
there's there's something going on there for sure. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how this plays out. I I, I think that corruption has become such a well-oiled machine and such a strong unit. I did think in the back of my mind, as friendly of a rivalry as it seemed to be with corruption versus corruption in the main event, I knew that there was going to be salty feelings one way or the other. You can't help it. You can't help you it. Can't it's help human it. nature. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Tell them that it's human nature. Why? Why? By the way, I got the crowd singing Just a Friend by Biz Marquis nice. on Saturday. A lot of fun. A lot of fun in Brooklyn. That's great. Um, talk about this. Talk about this title match. See, look real quick. There are people who were there to, who knew. Brad and I were talking. Then Wilder got knocked down, and he goes. Ex- Brad goes. Excuse me, and I ran inside the ball. It was actually true. <laughs> it was actually true. When That's Fury great. got knocked down, Brad, Brad ran like the Flash. It was true. I was. I was gone. I was gone. Oh my gosh. Um. Anyway, it was unexpected. What was that? Like the tenth round or something like that? It was pretty. Well, late he knocked him out in the eleventh, and yeah. he got knocked down in like the third or the fourth. So it, it, was it, was, crazy. it was crazy. It was a crazy yeah. fight. Crazy fight. So talk about a crazy fight. Championship match on the line. We saw Marisol McKee looking to become the fifth person in history to defend her championship or the championship against her faction mate, Chance the Cobra Ellison, the man who uh, last time he was on that stage beat Janine the Machine, finds himself against another incredible female player and just really incredible player in Marisol McKee yeah. uh, in general. Um, and I thought he was going to win. I really did. I thought he was going to win just because it's so hard to defend the singles title. We know how next That's to true. an impossible task it is to defend that. And I thought that Marisol, as great as she is, and you know what? I really like hindsight being twenty twenty. don't know why I thought this because chances killer in speed round, but so was Ethan Irwin. And Marisol had no problemo with either one of them, really, in in speed round. So I don't know why I thought that was going to be a problem. But let me ask you this. Um, when we saw round two for yeah. this match, we had a Meryl Streep <laughs> category, which, Unreal. which was unreal. And I see the man who was responsible for starting that chant all those years ago, William <laughs> Bibiani. Wow, five singles champions had to defend against Chance. Uh, um, that's not <laughs> not not quite not, accurate. Not accurate. I mean, he's played against a couple of champions. You know, he's played against Ethan Irwin, Biz, mm-hmm, Marisol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who else is he? Paul. Paul. For um, I mean, those aren't like title defenses, obviously, but he's played champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saying that's what you said? Did I say that? She becomes one of five people to defend her championship. I thought that's what I said. I mean, yeah. I mean, on the lower third there, it says uh, McKee becomes fifth person to to defend singles title. Yeah. So I don't know where he's – maybe is he is he saying what you said or what I said? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. Well. And then, yeah, he played – yeah. So we got Bibbs, Irwin, Marisol, Oyama, and – who else did he play? Um, Technically, he played. Oh no, singles singles champion. Yeah, uh, I think that's it. She becomes one <laughs> of five people to defend her championship. I mean, grammatically, yeah, okay. Gram- okay. grammatically, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. Okay. He's always he's that's you know he's always he's a stickler. Yeah, you gotcha. 
He's a stickler. I was like, I didn't make a mistake. Not I got, By the way, by the way, speaking of William Bibiani, I got to see our favorite. Yeah. Got to see Brennan the Kid Meyer there. Uh, he had a big win that uh, the previous Friday there. Yeah, against Adam Collins. Adam Collins, which we, we should talk about that at the end of the show because that, that's a big deal. Yes. Um, championship match, again, round two, spoof. That was Man. a rough one. That was, you know. Um, but th- that's the perils of spinning away from Paul Newman, right? Which I'm, I'm curious. I don't. I'm curious on his thoughts about why he spun away from Paul Newman. If there was a slice he felt like he just needed to have up there, uh, I feel like I feel like he would have done well in Paul Newman spoof. If you, the tricky thing with spoof is you don't know if, like how deep they could go because if they go deep, there's a lot of things in those movies that that the writers could pull from and really nab you on a detail, you know, um, with Marisol McKee sticking with Meryl Streep, it's like, well, that's kind of an obvious thing to, to, to keep with for her. Uh, if you know her, her history and her going, uh, four for four for nine points there. Um, or I'm sorry, two, four, six, eight points. Um, and then I, I don't know if chance felt like he really had to do something there to match, but he only got two out of those four questions correct for a total of three points. Marisol picked yeah. up two points, and now it's a 16-10 to 10 lead for the champion over Chance. And look, a six-point deficit, anything could happen in that sure. betting round, sure, it's a, it's and fifth, speed round. round but, mm-hmm. but look, I didn't like his odds. I didn't, I didn't really like him at all, especially when we got past the betting round. I, I knew – that Marisol was probably going to bet two, and I knew for sure Chance was going to bet three, being down six. Right, had to. And so picking up just one point there to trim that lead to to, to five. five. Hey, and then we get to that speed round, Brad. What was it like in that room when the speed round <laughs> popped up? It was so intense. You know, again, yeah. I was standing side stage, and many of us were, uh, who were, you know, luminaries of the movie Trivia Showdown Universe. We were standing side stage and just watching. I think I was next to Brennan. Uh, and Barbarian and Jen, and when that speed round came, and after every question, we all would just like look at each other, like, <laughs> you know. And there were a couple missteps. And Marisol had a misstep, of course. Yeah. Um, in there, and um, so the first one, I don't think anybody even answered. Uh, right? Wasn't it was oh, it was like near the end of the fifteen count. Chance chimed in there. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which was like crazy to me. I was like, <gasps> but um, and then and then I was like. When he did answer, I was like, I feel like that's way too long. <laughs> but I was like, oh, yeah, get a whole 15 seconds for that, you know, to to um, to chime in there. But And he gets that one right, and you go, oh, well, here we go. But then Marisol, back-to-back, hits two speed-round questions. Bam, bam. And then she buzzes in for a third time in a row, and I'm like, oh, boy. And she whiffed on it. The It's a Wonderful Life release date. Uh-huh. And, and then Chance picks up the last question. So he gets the first and the last question. Not really a whole lot to do. I mean, he tr- he just started going from six point deficit to a five point deficit to a four point deficit, and look, I think that speed round was where I think Chance really felt like he was going to get her. And when Marisol put a stop to that, I don't know that that Chance felt great about his odds going to that final round. Then we get to the final round, and I will say the energy in the building was palpable. I mean, you could feel. 
everything that was going on with the players, with the crowd, and I saw it was near a sellout, but I saw one little chair open on the floor. And I went over there for the for the final round, and I said, "Hey, is anyone sitting there?" And they're like, "No." I said, "I have to sit in the crowd for this. Like, you I have it. to. You got it. I have to people. feel this one. I have to feel this one." And during that whole fifth round, me and the people who were in my little section, we would turn to each other, and be like, yeah, "I think it's this one. I think it's this year." You know, and when Chance got his five pointer, which was what 1995 Marlon Wayans film? Do you hear the line? I can't remember what it was. I can't something remember exactly. Yeah, something along those lines. Stuff. Yeah, we were all kind of like, I don't yeah. know this one. And Chance gives his answer. And bef- before he even did, I was actually, as his 15 seconds was going and he asked to repeat, I just turned my attention to Marisol. And I just saw her, and I'm sure you can see it on the video. She's just looking up at the balcony where there was no one there, just looking up to the sky during his five-point question. And I was so curious as to what was going on in her mind, right? And Chance gives his answer, and you hear, and your winner, right? And still, the movie to me is I mean, the place goes crazy. She is so over. And I yeah. want to give all respect to the uh, women who help uh, blaze the trail or lay the path. Yeah. The Rachel Cushings, the Clark Wolfs, the Maura Canopics, the Janine, the Machines, the even the Miss Movies, Video Drews. I can go. The list can go Stacey on and Howard, on and on. Stacey Howard, of course, all of them deserve props for blazing the trail. However, I want to say this: Marisol McKee is not only, in my opinion, now number one as far as female players of all time. In my opinion, I know that would get a rise out of you. That's your opinion. In, in my opinion, she has jumped a lot of people in line just by simply winning and defending that championship, being on a six-in-a-row uh, uh, six streak of wins, going into the spectacular to be the first woman to ever headline that event. Yeah. Marisol McKee has earned her place in history as one of the most important players in the history of the game and she went from star earlier this year as a part of deception she beats kevin uh smith she she gets her win against video drew she's etching her way to, toward you know a, a higher rung of stardom she beats ethan Irwin. she becomes superstar she defends against chance ellison she becomes a megastar she is massive for this game and we, her and I had a, a little conversation side stage that I'll keep between her and I. But I essentially just wanted to let her know how important she is and yeah. where her place is in this game. And I think we saw the birth of the face of the movie Trivia Schmodown on Saturday in Brooklyn. When you say Maris, when you say movie Trivia Schmodown, the two names, the three names you'll say are the Mike Kalinowski, Dan Merle. Marisol McKee. Those are the three names that are going to come to my mind. And congratulations to her on a hard-fought victory. Chance, my my heart went out to him. Oh, yeah, my heart went out to him because he he you know was so amped, and I was I was sure that he was going to win. I really was. I really thought he had it. I really did. And uh, I know for him to come that close on that stage and not cash in, it was a tough loss. Spoof movies. Come tough, on, man. That, that was just a rough category. Tough. It was a rough category. 
and he tried to find his way through it. But Marisol McKee proved to be the victor. Yeah. And Frank, I mean, I was emotional. I never met Marisol. I had yeah. seen Marisol about three times that day, and like said hi, and I'd be like, and like made eye contact. She was so in the zone. I don't even think she heard me. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't even think she it registered to her that I, I was do around. Have, real quick about the second round of spoof uh, movies. Yeah. Tough cat, tough, tough go for a chance tough. in that in, in that category. But I will say, the champ picked up two steals. Yeah. Sure, they're on multiple choice. But it seemed like she, when she answered, she might not have even need to have have to have had multiple choice. She knew them very confidently, in my estimation. Maybe it was like she was like between one of the two, and once Chance picked the one, she knew it was the other. Maybe that's the case. But the fact that she was able to steal those two questions, I think, also puts. Puts kind of the sometimes you get this conversation of well oh this player got screwed on this category even their opponent didn't know any of that stuff not the case here not the case here in regards to that second round um, when you look when, in terms of players uh, importance to the showdown definitely Marisol McKee will be mentioned um, in those list of players um, in terms of top female players. Um, I hear what you're saying. I know you do. I do. I know. Uh, it's only her. It's only her second year. I know. in the league. And there's a yes. there's a lot more to go. There a lot is. more for her to do. Yep. Uh, do I think she could be that player? Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Do I think? And this is no shade towards anyone who likes to categorize it this way. But I don't even think we need to go. Men, woman, whatever. I, I, I don't you know? either. I know, I what, I know what you're saying. I know I'm what you're saying. I'm just talking about the historical yeah. significance yeah, yeah. of it. But yeah. I think, I think you know, um, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, Marisol, I did meet Marisol. I don't think I met her in Orlando or saw her in Orlando. But I think the first time I ran into Marisol was a New York event. I forget which one. Maybe it was the last one before we had this one and met her afterwards and talked to her for a little bit. And I think she was talking about maybe she will, maybe she won't play. I do think I felt like, I feel like you're going to play. I feel like you're going to play. <laughs> but I um, feel like I'm in. Yeah. And so there was that. And then we've had her on the show a couple of times and after the Ethan Irwin victory, after she won the belt, you know, we had her here on the show. You weren't able to make it. I wasn't. Um, you know, we had her on the show for a good 45, 50 minutes about, you know, the importance of winning this belt and, you know, kind of w where that places her in the league and the history of the league. Uh, if you have not watched or listened to that interview with Marisol, I highly recommend it. It's a great listen. Um, she says a lot of great stuff in there and, and her thoughts and feelings on what it means to hold that belt. And now I think that even all that gets more elevated because she did defend it and she did it against, you know, she's beaten Ethan Irwin and Chance Ellison. Back to I mean, back. these two guys are champions. Sure. Chance not in singles, but he's a team's champion. One of the multiple fiercest, one of the fiercest competitors this game has ever seen. Ethan Absolutely. Irwin, one of the most knowledgeable players we've ever seen. I mean, he's a two time singles champion. He's on a great team's run as of late. Um, Definitely one of the people that, you know, you say you're going to play, you go, I don't know. Same thing with Chance, you know. Um, 
it's it's a momentous uh, event for her to win that or defend that belt. And man, it, it it was a very you know proud moment to watch as a fan of of the Schmodown for so long as I have been. Um, it was I was rooting for this moment. I always say I always root for history. I always want to see history made. Yeah. And um, and Marisol McKee makes it infinitely um, more enjoyable to root for history uh, when it's a player like of her caliber and of her of her character and uh, for her to defend and really put her stamp on this league now um, is a proud moment as a fan to, to watch. And I got to say, her preamble right before the match, when she's talking to the crowd, um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was oh, great. It's great. And she really just took the reins um, of that moment. And I will say, hope I'm, hope, hopefully I'm not uh, revealing too much here, but I was talking with the league about the match a little bit, and I, I said her her pre-match speech, was I thought it was great. And he goes, that wasn't even my idea. She came to me. She wanted to do that. And to me, I think that speaks volumes of the type of person, the type of player that that she exemplifies in the Schmodown. And what a great face for the league. What a great face for the league, a great player to have in the league, a great person to have in the league. And I could not be more thrilled. I know it comes at Chance's expense, and we've been big supporters of, of Chance I here. I love Chance Ellis. But, man, you know, it was like the day before last last week, you know, before we had you know our show, and I was back and forth about who would win that match. But then something just, just hit me. I'm like, nah, man, I I think Marisol's going to win. And then, you know, that was my prediction on the show. And... Uh, it's always nice to be right, <laughs> you know. But, sure. Um, but uh, you know, um, but no doubt, chance is going to be sniffing around that belt next oh, yeah. year for sure. And um, you know, maybe it is against Marisol McKee. Maybe there is a rematch. Could be. <sighs> that'd be a mega. That'd be a mega rematch. Congratulations to getting Marisol McKee. Um, one more thing I want to talk about in Brooklyn. Uh, you 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 mentioned it before. Uh, oh, for question Franco. for Frank is in blanket. How many singles champs had defended that belt multiple times? Is it just Merle? Uh, yeah. Sam Levine. Oh, Sam, did. yeah. And um, Merle obviously did. And did, defended no. multiple. It's just I think it's just those two. Yeah. Um, this was Marisol's first defense, so she does not in that list. So, yeah, I think it's just Merle. And, um, yeah, that's it. And then, but to defend, it has been Merle, Riley, Oyama, and Levine. And then now she is Mar- the fifth Marisol. Yeah. to defend it at least once. Multiple time, there's only two people to have done that. Yeah, perhaps it'll be a third at Spectacular. We will find out. Yeah. Um, Chandru came out to the crowd. This, oh my God! To Polo Yama's music, dancing best theme, ob- best theme ob- of all, ob- obnoxiously, and says that Polo Yama is such a great friend that he has decided to give Chandru. The opportunity at a championship that Paulo Yama won in the free for all. Yeah. And now Chandru is going to face the winner, in his mind, of Mike Kalinowski versus Amaru Moses on October the 22nd. Chandru is going to cash in Paulo Yama's opportunity at this title. How does this make you feel? First and of all, Paulo Yama is stupid? No, he's not. And that's why I don't why believe you, it. Why would you give away your championship? I don't, I don't believe that for a minute. 
that this is something Paul would want to do. So you think I'm Winston, very careful with my words, Brett. You think Winston twisted his arm? I don't know what could be happening. There are, if we can separate this, there are storyline stuff and then real life, real life stuff that can that can influence story stuff. We all know this, right? That's kind of what the Schmodown has been built on. You take some of the real and you and you, and you crank it to twenty, right? Bateman and Roxy in Chicago, for example. Um, this does not make any sense from the standpoint of Paul Oyama, the player, the character, primetime. This doesn't make any sense to me that he would let Chandru have this. It makes 100% sense to me that Chandru would try and steal it this way. That makes sense to me. There's some other real-life stuff that we can get into at a later time that may or may not even be a thing, so I don't even I shouldn't even really speculate on that, just in terms of um, going into next year, player availability and all that stuff, right? So that could actually be, like, a thing. So, like, I'm trying to work all this out. I'm trying to, like, this doesn't make sense. Paul, there's... I understand why Paul would not have used it this year because he was in positions... In singles, still is in singles, uh, in position to go for that singles belt. Doesn't have to use the shot. And he was in the position, team-wise, to not have to use the shot to go for the team's belt. But he's no longer in, in that position for teams. Singles, he's still in the tournament. Um, so we got to see you know, what happens with that. So I get him not using it this year. I mean, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Also, it's not like Swag's in the hunt for the faction title. So, okay. That makes sense. And then with the shakeup next year, who knows, right? So it, it, it's, it does not make any sense to me that primetime prime time. would give it away. It doesn't make any sense for me, any sense to me that Winston would go to primetime and say, I think you should give this to Chandru. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, if something I- else is going on. Maybe that will be revealed, and then it all you know comes back around and go, oh, okay, this is what was going on. But as of this moment, as of right now, none of that makes sense except for the fact that Chandra would try and steal it. I, I, I think Winston Marshall has something to do with this. He has to. He has to see something or know something to say, Paul, you got to give this up. We need you to give it away to Chandra. Well, we'll see how it plays out. I don't know, but I just know Chandru is the most obnoxious dancer in the world. And that is a championship that only he can hold. Also, Chandru should not cut that hair. What a mane that guy has. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is glorious. That's a mainly mane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is glorious. Frank Janis, couple other matches to talk about. Brooklyn obviously was a massive success. The next live event scheduled is December the 4th. The Schmodown Spectacular Numero 6 going down at the Globe Theater in beautiful Los Angeles, That's California. Right. I will be in attendance. Frank, you're going to be in attendance? I will be there because I do live here now. <laughs> so and I, I, and I, and I want to let people know the night before, two of my favorite people – well, actually, you know what? I don't know her as well, but three of my favorite people will be doing a live show. The World Girls will be live the night oh, before yeah. the Spectacular with their first live show ever. Myself and the float will be in attendance. Frank Janish has committed – to appear and take tickets at the door. So make sure you come check out the World Girls Live. Wait, when is that? The, night, the before? night before. The night before. 
when's the other event that's happening at the Mint? The night after. Chris Clark. Is that the night after Spectacular? Isn't it? Can I get a? I need a. I need a. I need a fact check on. (laughs) On that that event. What is that? You on the same night? I wonder if it's the night, or maybe it's the Thursday. Maybe that's on a Thursday, and Wurgle's on a Friday. Spectacular's on a Saturday. No, no, no. This can't be true. When is that happening? We'll find out. I'll find out because that's. Oh, the be... mint is Sunday night. Oh, yeah, okay, the night okay, after. Okay, okay, there we go. Thank right. you, thank you. Just wanted to make sure. I mean, there's breath. There's a lot going on that weekend. Thank you, Mike. Hoy. Boy, is there. Um. Anyway, a uh, couple things to to obviously get to here before we wrap things up. I know that we're. Uh, got three actually more matches that happened. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the, the main highlights of some of these. Damon versus Damon, Star Woo. Wars, something I was really looking forward to. I know a lot of fans were looking forward to. If you even look at the statistics and the numbers, a lot of people were excited to see this one. Am I surprised by the end result? I mean, no, I'm not. But was it a great battle and an, an emotionally charged match from start to finish? I think so, absolutely. What was the final score? 20. 20- 23 to 20? 23 20. 23 to 20. Molly Damon knows her Star Wars. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple there that she want, she could have you know, liked to have back. Sure. Alex Damon, look, I'll say this. He missed that uh, Rogue One question about the years with Jin and, and, yeah. and, and saw, and like, that, that, I'm not saying that's alarming. Well, let me tell you. It's kind of alarming, a little bit, and I don't, I don't want to like overblow it, but sure. when this division <laughs> is separated by like one percent in terms of who advances in these matches, like what are you doing over there? What are, what are you, my neck hurts. Oh my gosh! All <laughs> so right. I'm trying to like what a what a straighten it out. Yeah. Hey, don't use my terminology. That's not your me. terminology. First of all, you didn't. You're invent a J, it. bro. I did. All right. All right, all right. Anyways, it, it is it is somewhat. We just know what Star Wars has become. Yeah, and if you think you you can drop a question like that to a gold leader to or to a day, um, Thomas Harper, you know it's it, it it could be a a rough time in the old town tonight. Can I can I say something controversial? Sure. And I know this is gonna explode the chat, the community at large, especially the den. I will say that if Gold Leader gets a spectacular and plays Thomas Harper and Thomas Harper beats Gold Leader and let's say Griffin Newman just flames out out of nowhere and Paige flames out and all these other rookies flame out and there's Gold Leader, I still might vote Gold Leader Rookie of the Year over Harper. Oh, God, man. You just you just don't like Thomas Harper. I know that's the thing. I no, that's I what love it is. Thomas you just Harper. Don't like him. I love. No, you Thomas don't. Harper. I do not believe this. I do. I think You're he's a liar. great. I think he's great. You're but a I mean, liar. there's something about there's something about Gold Leader, man. Like people talk about Gold Leader all the time, including Thomas Harper. I see him write it all the time. What does that tell you? The impact. What does it tell you when Adam Collins, who ran through the league last year, yeah, had, loses on his five pointer? to Brennan the Kid Meyer. What does that tell you? Uh, that, that he lost. What, what do you mean? What, is that? what, do you mean? what does it tell What does it tell you about Adam Collins? Have we seen a regression? Is he just okay. hitting you, okay. a bad spot? 
Is it a matter of luck of the draw and questions? Like, what does it tell you? I mean, this isn't anything new for second-year players. You look at Paul Yama, Ethan Irwin. Sophomore slump? Sophomore slump. It, it's, it seems to be a real thing because you start off at the top already going into that next season, and you're going to be defending, and it's always going to be against, you know, a Dan Merle and Ethan Irwin type of player. And, you know, he ended up losing to Dan Merle. Plenty of people have done that before. Um, you go into that next match, you know, trying to – you know, work, work your way back up to a number contender shot, work your way into a, a title match. And look, not all those players get saddled with the JTE and get, you know, um, upset, if you will, by a JTE victory. Just a weird confluence of events for, for Adam Collins. But, you know, it's tough. And then Brendan Meyer, I mean, this guy, this kid, has <laughs> been playing a whole Give different level Roni, this bro. year. Oh, yeah. And and Adam Collins, I mean, he's it's not like he's playing horrible. He's not. No. And 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 you just lose by these razor thin margins and Brendan Meyer so far has had the luck on his side in, in certain instances to go along with his his knowledge that is immense that just continues to astound. And Adam Collins will be it's kind of, Adam Collins is going nowhere. I don't see this as like you know, ah, he's it was a fluke. I don't I don't view it that way. I don't. He's still playing extremely well. It's just he's he's not getting the breaks that he was getting last year. You know, and, and that happens for players from time to time. Look at Liz Shannon Miller this year. Not a lot went her way in singles this year. Last year it did. She'd be Bibbs, she'd be Barbarian. She got some breaks. Just it's not happening for Liz here. Does that mean she's a bad player? No, I don't think so. She's just not getting those breaks that sometimes you need to go on these runs to titles. Working out really well for her right now in teams. We'll see if that ultimately you know gets her a championship belt against Shazam. I think Adam Collins is going to be fine. It's it's a tough loss against a tough tough opponent, and it could have won either way. Well, um, Adam Collins also, by the way, for all you patron viewers, plays Dan Merle in the Patreon-exclusive exhibition match. Three-rounder, Dan Merle versus Adam Collins. Three, uh, unofficial three, uh, is available now on the Movie Truth Mode on Patreon. If you're not a subscriber to the Patreon, you're missing out on action such as that. Frank, let's close with this teams match that went down today. We saw press room and old guard talk. Talk to me about it. This is, um, you know, press room has been real good. Uh, we're seeing Horowitz again twice in one week. This performance better than his one in Brooklyn. Yeah, obviously so. Um, and I think that this is a real, this is a real tough team. Absolutely. And Perry played really well in this. Yes. In this match, and part of being on a team is knowing your strengths and weaknesses and working that out. And when when you know Horowitz gets a perfect first round with the bonus, you get into uh, Francis McDormand for your second round question. She's like, "Look, Josh, not really my bag, but I'll defer to you if you feel great about it." And he, he was confident that they would do all right, and they did really well. They got uh, what was it, ten points out of that second round, and two of those times they dropped multiple choice. You know, they leaned on Perry for those two pickups, which could have been huge for Old Guard because it was still a fairly close match at the end of two rounds, 25-21. You know, Old Guard with Riley and Duralde. This was an exciting matchup uh, for me to watch 
first round just didn't really go quite the way they wanted. You know, Duralde had six, Riley had five, and then you get 80s for their second round. You feeling? I'm, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be pretty good for them. Broad, but still going to be pretty good for them. And, um, you know, they missed one question there that wasn't stolen by uh, press room, but they pick up 10 points, so they stay even there, but unable to pick up any ground, um, you know, to try and trim that four-point lead. So it's 25-21 after the first two rounds. And, you know, who knows what could happen in that final round, right? You just want to get that at five. And, um, unfortunately, Old Guard was not able to push um, – Press room two that five they they won on their two off and then off to their three, and um, impressive win a, a, a very I think a very um, momentum building win for press room going to the next round because you want to play well it's it's one thing to know the knowledge it's one thing to navigate the game and do that well when you can do that then I think you feel like you can beat anybody that you can exploit some weaknesses that you know how to play to your own strengths and that'll carry you through because the knowledge is there. I think Perry has immense confidence in Josh and I think Josh has a ton of confidence in himself but also in Perry for for in areas where he's where he's you know maybe a little bit deficient. I know um with Blood Ocean in there says Horvath's got redemption. You know, this was Filmed before New York, sure, but you but know what, it it's nice after. to lean on. It's nice to lean on that performance and go. What happened in New York isn't the player that I am because I can play this way in teams and look at my previous three matches in singles. So obviously, I think probably watching this afterwards is probably like a nice confidence booster, saying that's how I can play. That's how it's going to go in in our next teams match, and we'll see what happens. We will. We'll see what happens moving forward. A lot of interesting things. Who will Marisol McKee be playing at the Spectacular? Who will be the team's champions going into the Spectacular? What's going to happen in the IG division next week? Mike Kalinowski, Amaru Moses. You want to make a quick prediction? Mike or Amaru? I'm going to go Mike. Mike Kalinowski, baby, uh, is who I'm going with. Also, will there be a new FCL champion? We'll find out October 26th. Flaus versus... Gilmore going down in the FCL. Do not miss out. Don't get shut out for Frank Janice. You can catch him at FrankieJ29 on the boat. Brad Gilmore at Brad Gilmore. This is the Schmoe Hour Rundown, the only show that matters. We'll see you all next week.